Welcome to Channeled, our podcast about creating more together. Speak Kingston is a network of individuals and organizations who are passionate about smart growth for the city of Kingston, Ontario, and committed to making the city a better place to live, work, play, and invest. Today, we're speaking with Sandy Sheehan, the chair of Speak Kingston, and Brian Cookman, who is a board director. Sandy is a real estate agent with a background in management consulting and building high-performance organizations. Brian is a lifelong Kingston resident who enjoyed a 37-year career as a police officer with the Kingston Police and currently applies those skills to the private sector. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nancy. Thanks for It's great to be here. Thanks for having us. I'd like to start by asking you a little bit about how Speak Kingston came to be. Well, Speak Kingston um, was officially launched two years ago this August. And I think I would say for the need for an organization like this has been evolving in the community for a much longer time. Uh, there were a group of individuals who um, supported Mayor Patterson's Smart Growth Campaign back in 2014. And those people really um, shared his belief that the Third Crossing was probably the most important growth project, I would say, for Kingston uh, since the city's investment in what we now know as the Leon Center. Um, and the Third Crossing, just to clarify yeah. for people who are listening, of course, is the uh, the third bridge across to alleviate some of the downtown traffic, right? That's right. And really also to connect the East End, the West End, all parts of the city. Kingstonians, I think, voted strongly in favor of a smart growth platform both in 2014 and the 2018 municipal elections. The work and the voice of, you know, dedicated citizens supporting these necessary growth projects were really the catalyst for the original founders of Speak Kingston. And that group had a desire to both educate and engage residents. Right. And so the LVAC is an entertainment center, now the Leon Center downtown. I remember there was a huge amount of controversy, but since then it's attracted so many great bands. And of course, last year there was curling. People always had a spot to go to. And not only was it for all the Kingstonians, but then it just sort of kept branching out and branching out. And when the, the larger events occur, you're bringing in people from all over eastern Ontario, southwestern Ontario, from everywhere, probably coming up from the United States for some events, such as the Briar. And so, again, it raises the profile of Kingston. It stimulates the economy. It stimulates our downtown. And has won a number of um, awards North American Awards for Entertainment for medium-sized mm -hmm. entertainment center oh. as well for a number of consecutive years. That's so. great. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the main goals of Speak Kingston. Well, I would say, um, you know, initially our vision for Speak Kingston is, was, and continues to be engaged citizens for smart growth of Kingston. And a lot of people don't know this, but the actual acronym Speak Kingston, one word, one K, but the S-P-E-A stands for Social, Political, and Economic Action for Kingston. We see smart growth as a strategic direction for our city, which has um, four overarching goals. Uh, number one would be to strengthen infrastructure, and that would be physical, technological, and cultural infrastructure. Another key goal is to grow the economic base with expanding employment and housing options for all, in including creating a competitive tax base. 
Thirdly, we want to foster attractive, vibrant, walkable, and safe neighborhoods and urban core. And finally, a lot of people don't realize this about this, and this one I think is just as important as the others to us, is we have a strong desire to protect our historical assets and the natural environment in responsible ways as well. But there has to be a balance at some point in time between the need for housing, um, uh, the protection of our businesses, the growing of our businesses, and also protecting the best of who we are in terms of our history and heritage. Yeah, and, and, and that's always a challenge, I think, you know, how do you grow and, and you know, and, and, and bring in sort of the modern aspects of a city, which we need to have. Yeah. I think people are challenged in terms of how to protect that. Mm -hmm. For example, a tall building next door, and how does that look? Is that part of what the city is planning around where tall buildings need to be and where we need to protect some of that history? The official plan has been uh, under the microscope a fair bit, and I guess that's a lot of Speak Kingston is that, you know, for me it was a, a forum for people to come together to offer a balanced view of what was occurring and what potentially could occur in our city as we move forward. All Speak Kingston wants to do is to make sure that the debate is well-informed, that people are well-informed. We want to build correctly. So when it comes to the downtown core, the importance of getting it right, and if it's the mid-rise or a tall building, then we're going to try to support the right decision. And we're just going to make sure that everyone has the best information they can to come to the best and logical, realistic conclusion. So that's, that's good debate in the city. It really is good debate. But again, Speak Kingston wants to make sure that the balance is equaled. To me, it seems it's even more important now during a pandemic uh, certainly, it doesn't look like we're ever going to go back to whatever was normal before. Uh, it seems we need to be strategic about what the city is going to be. How do we build in sort of what Speak Kingston is doing into sort of a new strategy? First of all, you know, we want to acknowledge that we're sad to see a number of our city businesses uh, disappear, have yeah. to close down through this pandemic. Um, it's not just businesses. There have been some community and social groups as well. And uh, just thinking of everything that they have contributed to the story of who Kingston is. So thinking about that and, and probably recognizing that we haven't seen the end of the impact of COVID on the core and on the city in its entirety. There are some stats out there that it's going to take two to three years to rebuild. So I think there's a clear message here that now more than ever to your question, we have to have a very sustainable city. I don't think any of us could have predicted what the impact of this was going to be. And, yeah. you know, here we are four months later and still just starting to reopen um, so I think we're faced with the how of rebuilding in the months ahead. And we need to look at, you know, also what will be our next challenge? Will it be COVID or is it going to be something else? But we really have to think about as a city, how are we going to do safe, strategic, smart, adaptable together? I think on the bright side, what we're really seeing is a lot of innovation, a lot of partnerships that I think we already had in our city, but 
through COVID, through the adversity of COVID, we're seeing, you know, more innovation and we're seeing this, um, this very, very strong partnership that brings together weekly all of our community leaders from all sectors talking about the way ahead, how we're going to learn to work, lead, um, do things differently. It really does become an aha moment for Kingston, for the world, really, but for for Kingston becomes an aha moment because smart smart growth and, and speed Kingston, we're talking about uh, enticing new businesses and people to come into the city and all those great things that are the underpinnings of our city, but everything's in limbo, everything's on hold. Mm-hmm. You know, so it becomes difficult, as Sandy alludes to, is how do you get the engine going again? You know, how do you... And what are the steps to saying, okay, let's start cracking ground so we can start building again, although it has started, but it's ramping it up. It's yeah. becoming, you know, getting it back in on stream and then going out and having some of the uh, businesses starting to attract people and getting things back to whatever it's going to look like coming up. We've had as many as 70 people on a Zoom mm-hmm. call. Wow. That's a lot of tiles on your screen, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Um, but... It really t- just drives home to you just how great this community is. Yes. And it comes together like this. Yeah. And, you know, I like to say the old Marine Corps improvise, adapt, and overcome. And it is a showcase piece for Absolutely. doing that. And how all the social agencies have come together with, you know, agencies like Lionheart or United Way. But then you've got the uh, representatives from the real estate industry and all these different elements and they've all come together and everyone's playing in the sandbox and everybody's sharing their toys if you will egos egos are checked and everybody's focused on what are the best outcomes for kingston yeah and that i think is such a unique thing that we have here i think it's partly our size but i also think very seriously that it is the quality of leaders that we Mm -hmm. have in this city at all levels no matter where you look municipal government economic development chamber uh our health care our educational systems it all it's all all at that table and And everybody's at the table yeah and everybody's offering and everybody's throwing in and everybody's participating um it's again it's remarkable to be part of this it really is great yeah you just know that we're going to survive yeah Yeah. So I'd like to ask you a bit about your followers. You've grown significantly um, since you started Speak Kingston. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you recruit people and, and who's following you. Well, it's uh, it's actually been a bit of a surprise to us, too. As I said earlier, like we've always sensed there was this this significant demographic that was very maybe silent but very focused on smart growth and maybe the quiet majority but once we created a platform for people to speak and to share their voice I think we were actually surprised how many people jumped on board and uh, so our growth really has come quite naturally and I think it comes out of a, a gap in the community and an appetite in Kingston for decades for an organization like Speak. Um, one thing I'm also proud of is we try to provide positive and constructive platforms for education and engagement of our residents around these smart growth topics, which again, I think have historically been missing in Kingston. We invite people to participate in the dialogue through um, our Facebook 
and Instagram pages. Um, we invite them to take our regular surveys, which are usually on hot topic issues. Um, people can sign up and receive our newsletter. They can access our website. So what we're seeing is this growing following on Instagram and Facebook, uh, over a thousand followers, I would say, on both. And I think that although there's some overlap between those followers, I think actually they're quite different demographics. So we have this huge younger demographic following us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we also have then probably a little bit older, <laughs> more my age, perhaps the, the middle-aged demographic we see more of on Facebook. And, um, and I think um, we've... We've probably recruited a lot of followers as well through a number of events we've hosted over the last few years. And these events tend to be um, informational events on these hot button, hot topic issues. And we bring in the experts on the topics and we invite people to attend, to learn, uh, those who really want to learn and to ask questions and even to challenge some of the thinking and contribute different ideas. We also have a hundred founders. I think it's almost a hundred founders. And these were people that were, I would say, early adopters to Speak Kingston. They seeded the organization with um, money. So there was a financial contribution that these people contributed uh, to just, um, again, show their, their support for Speak and to help give us that start um, when we began two years ago. And these founders all have extensive networks, and I would say through the work of our founders, they have really reached into their networks to help others understand who we are and why we're important. And I think a lot of our followers have also come through our founders. That's great. I, I like what you said, too, about the younger demographic, because I know Kingston has often been thought of as a retirement community with, you know, an older base. And so I know there has been a push to keep perhaps university students, have them stay here, start businesses, all of that sort of thing. So it's interesting that you're hearing from that younger demographic. Yeah, it makes you feel good in that if they're interested in this community, they're likely going to invest in the community. Um, there's a, one young man who's a, quite the entrepreneur and owns a, a couple of small pubs in Kingston. And he made, he made a really great presentation at the City Hall uh, group that we had. And it was invigorating to listen to this fellow. You know, he said this is where he wants to be. He wants to buy a home here. He wants to raise his family here. He wants to invest his time and his efforts and his money to grow this community. And this is a young guy and he's just starting out and he is gung-ho, you know, and if that type of enthusiasm becomes our, our feel-good moment, you know, the city will come through the other end of this and it'll be stronger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so as long as those people keep coming to Speak Kings and they keep signing up, we hope people do, yeah. Yeah. you know, it just keeps the wheel turning all the time with fresh ideas, fresh eyes, fresh thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's great that we have this opportunity to be um, a small city with a lot of amenities that it will attract youth. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. People. Yep. Yeah, we're very unique in terms of the amenities we have uh, for a city our size, the educational institutions, the tourism attractions, the heritage, the waterfront, the list goes on, mm -hmm. the restaurants, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. 
So what are some of the highlights for you for Speak so far? Well, there have been a few. I think we've had some significant events over the last last 18 months. Uh, one of the biggest ones, I, I think, for our board has been watching Speak take a prominent role in the Density by Design Dialogue. Uh, we hosted an event that we had over 100 people at, and just getting people's thoughts, you know, how do you design a city? We were uh, fortunate enough as a city to have Brent Tadarian that night, who was a planner at one time for the city of Vancouver, but for many years has been consulting to how cities can design themselves well. And then Paige Agnew that night, who uh, at that time uh, was the director of our planning, building, and licensing department, was able to sort of lay some of the groundwork that evening for density by design policy and what some of the thinking of the city was, what types of buildings should go where, what different kinds of things can we do in terms of design. For me, the most memorable event would be, I think, last February with uh, Downtown Kingston and Speak. We collaborated together to host an event on intensification of the core and the role of tall buildings. And I don't, I don't think anything could have prepared us for the turnout we had that night. Mm. Um, we had Memorial Hall booked. There were people there that reflected opinions from across the city. And so it was nice to see everybody in the same room sharing their thoughts and, and just listening, respectfully listening. You know, every, we've all got common ground, no matter which area you come from, there is common ground. And so what do you think are some of the biggest challenges that Kingston faces right now? I know we're in a pandemic and so we are facing some very big issues there. But overall, before the pandemic began, what did you see as some of the bigger challenges in Kingston? I guess everything is interconnected because if we have people that are out trying to draw industry in or having industry that's already here, having them grow their industry and invest in the community, then you need to have accommodations. And of course, then that starts the domino effect. You know, you have to have the developers and then that harkens back to the city, whether or not uh, licensing and all the permits can be expedited or at least put through in a in a timely fashion so that the developers can can get moving on their on their projects whether or not we have adequate housing and i mean adequate for everyone in every social economic um, group that we have in the city so that everyone everyone's entitled to decent housing and accommodation so you know they that has to be really i think in my opinion one of the bigger underpinnings of the city is that if there's adequate housing, the people will come because people will want to invest in the city. Areas of thought, one, you know, we just keep building out. And then there's the others who would like to build up. And so those two groups have to sort of come together for common ground that, you know, we can't just keep going with the, the sprawl because it's totally counter to what Kingston is trying to become, the sustainable city. If you keep going further out, people are still going to require vehicles or some type of transportation. So I guess it comes back to Jane Jacobs' idea. Maybe this is an opportunity now for people to start looking at the 15-minute neighborhood because there's going to be things like telehealth. You know, we're not probably going to see the same number of people coming downtown as we did. Maybe a small percentage, but there may be um, returns 
for having people work from home or co-sharing areas. So this is a time of reinvention, I think, for the city. I know I'm not alone in my world of real estate is that um, I currently have two clients from Toronto who are coming in this week to look at properties. So we're starting to see maybe it might be a little early to call it a trend, but we are starting to see some interest of people leaving bigger cities, I think, and moving to smaller cities, perhaps where they feel safer. Um, There is also um, some interesting articles coming out last week about people moving um, a little bit more rural out of the city to live as well. I think we're going to see potentially influx from some of the bigger cities to people who feel for whatever reason they want to live in a smaller or medium-sized city. And you know, people come into town and work here, but we really need people living in the town. And that's a huge, huge issue. All the research shows that strong cores are strong cities. And I think going forward, you know, being sensitive to everything that this pandemic has entailed, we really need to be thinking about continuing to strengthen our core. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's next for Speak? What do you have planned? Well, hopefully we'll be able to be in a position to support the recovery. I don't know if we've got any particular uh, agenda or any priorities mm-hmm. right at the moment because everyone is starting to reflect on where we are. We Hopefully because of the followers and the members that we have within Speak Kingston and all the talent that's in that group will be able to help in hopefully myriad ways for the recovery. I think we've had a huge presence on social media in terms of both educating and engaging the community, those who are looking to know what's going on, um, those who are looking to have a say by through the surveys we've been running. So I think uh, we'll continue to have a strong presence on social media. And otherwise, I think we'll just see what the fall brings in terms of next steps. That's great. And lastly, I'd like to ask both of you, what's your favorite thing to do in Kingston? For my wife and I, it's certainly, and it sounds cliche, but we do love coming downtown. We really do. Um, again, I've lived in Kingston all my life. I come down, I mean, even the downtown core, as I've watched it over my many decades of living in Kingston, and as well as as policing it, I see downtown, and it's, it's so vibrant. For John and I, anyone who knows us knows we're both avid open water swimmers. So we love our lake. We love to be in it, on it, around it. So the water for sure is our big thing. That's great. Thank you for speaking with me today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. This is Nancy Corrigan, and you've been listening to Channeled, our podcast. 